we are back alongside with Rudy Bomer of NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. You know, talking to Rudy, he was really out of this world. I'm pausing for laughter. (laughs) Notice that Rudy stayed totally silent when you said that. Um... So we brought him back in because we are putting him in the hot seat and we are sending him into space. Not literally, but figuratively (laughs) with a bunch of questions that we think are going to lift off. Kim, your arm hurts from reaching so hard for these space jokes. (laughs) Michelle, do you want to go ahead and get kicked off and throw Rudy into the old hot seat? Yes, it's going to get hot. There is before we take off. Before we take, as we prepare for takeoff, we Kim and I could ask Rudy questions all day. Um, there are no wrong answers to any of these questions, Rudy. So let's just get find into out it. about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. First question: <laughs> What made you interested in space? That's a good question, and I get that I get that a fair bit, and I don't know if I have a really great answer for it. I think it does start off with the with the movies, the movies and the TV shows, and you know it, it started from when I was a kid, and and when I was a kid, it was movies like Star Wars, and I was actually um, I liked reading a lot about space as well, so um, definitely buried my nose in a lot of um, space books. I I don't think I'm into as much science fiction as much as people coworkers of mine are, mm. but I definitely have read some for sure. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't working for NASA, what do you think you'd be doing? Oh well, um, there's a lot of jobs out there that I'd really like to not be doing. Um, <laughs> 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 so not one of those. Not naming any names. <laughs> Um, I think, we can take a guess. <laughs> I think that, um, I think that, well, I've been kind of lucky that I, I've made decisions that sort of got me, that sort of put me here and at JPL working there and working there is, I can say that I've helped make contributions. Like I've made, like my work has made contributions to discoveries to and that kind of build on what we know what we what build on science what we know about the universe and um i've been lucky to to play a small part of that so i would kind of i i'd like to think i'd take a job that contributes to something where you can go home and say that you know what you did regardless of whether it seems like a desk job or whether um you know just you can you can look back and say that you you made a difference. Yeah, I like to say at my job. I sorry, I just like to say at my job that our best days are really, really, really cool days. Um, so hopefully, I could say that with Aww. another job. That's amazing. I you know I think when it really comes down to it, Rudy, it just sounds like you just want to brag. <laughs> <laughs> you want a job where you can brag. You know what I mean? Um, I want I want Rudy's job so I can brag and say I work at NASA. You want. Hashtag humble brag. Hashtag humble brag all I've, day. I've I've had it. I've had issues with that. So like self issues. Um, I don't own it as much as I should. 
Um, I know we ha- we talked about this earlier, and I'm going to retrain your brain, Rudy, and you're going to start owning okay. it. Own it. All right. Yeah. Okay, rocket okay. scientist. <laughs> See, already that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag humble brag. We'll okay. humble brag for you all day. Uh, see, okay. that I can handle. I can definitely handle other people bragging for me. I'll just shut up. And- <laughs> done <laughs> and all right, done. We'll do that. Do we'll do that. Done. All right. Check. Cool. Check. Okay, you said, you speaking of discovering, discovering new things, question number three, do you think there is intelligent life out there in the mm. ga- other galaxies in space? 100%. Um, there could even be, well, intelligent life. There could, uh, there could be life within our solar system. Um, probably not intelligent life, though. Yeah, we've um, we found moons. on. There's moons of Saturn and a moon of Jupiter that has potential for it. Um, one of Jupiter and one of Saturn has um, oceans covered by an ice sheet, and there could be life in, that, in those oceans. We don't know. But probably not terribly intelligent whether there's life on other planets other system other heavenly bodies out there um yeah we um we're looking we're definitely looking and um we've definitely made some we've we've not had anything come up where we've ruled it out so um the book's wide open and um we've definitely made some advances in like recent years that um if we keep it going there's a great chance we're going to find something within our lifetimes, I think. Um, evidence of it. Wow. Not like we're going to have handshakes, but evidence of it. So, handshakes. Man, that would be a good outcome. A handshake versus a blast at it, you know, bl- blasting us into space. Like blasting us human. into space. They're laughing at us right now. They could be Crazy laughing. Stuff. If they're intelligent, then they're probably laughing. They're at for us. sure <laughs> laughing. If they're yeah. intelligent, yeah. they're definitely Even laughing. Even if they're not, they're still laughing at us. We're like their they're snow, like, oh. their snow globe, and just like they're just looking at us through it. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how I envision. Like these it. fools are shaking themselves. It's... <laughs> All right, so let's say that uh, there's another inhabitable planet that we find. Okay. Yeah. And you end up being just like Matt Damon in The Martian on this inhabitable planet. Oh, good Lord. That's a lot of potatoes. What What is the first type of food that you grow on this new planet? Um, I actually don't hate potatoes that much. And if it seems like it's easy to make. And <laughs> you just ragged on it, Rudy. I just ragged on potatoes. You said it's too many potatoes. You didn't realize then, that was the question you I were turned getting back asked. And, like, and now you're like, Please, potatoes. you know what? Potatoes. I'm so sorry. Potatoes. He's like, a big thing potato isn't talking. that bad. <laughs> Yeah. What was I thinking? I can do no. potatoes. I'll probably finish the gummy bears in like day one. And I could not. I would fail that test. And, oh my god! And the potatoes would be all I have left. Hopefully, they haven't gone bad. Um. Yeah, I hear I rag on them, and now I'm like, please. <laughs> I am so sorry. Take me back. <laughs> Matt Damon, we're so sorry. <laughs> Potatoes like, mm-mm. <laughs> Try again. It have to be, I'd have to grow it, right? Um, yeah, you'd have to grow it. Yeah, you couldn't, like, grow gummy bears. Um, I mean, you could grow the ingredients for a gummy bear. 
probably wouldn't turn out. That like sounds like a lot of work. Okay, Rudy, next question. What is the one space movie that you think gets it right when it comes to space? Oh, well, I've said, I've said a mission to Mars is going to look a lot like what's on the Martian. What's, uh, um, I think we talked about, uh, how, you know, the book kind of really expands that universe, um, as opposed to the, the universe, as opposed to the movie. Um, so, um, well, see the Martians in the future. So, so it's tough to say that it really gets it right, but I think it, um, I think it's gets what will be. Um, I think it's a pretty good prediction of what will be. It's, it's not like a um, back to the future where we thought we would have flying cars now. And hoverboards. Where's my hoverboard, man? Where's my cell phone? Aren't, well, aren't there, aren't there sort of hoverboard? No, not really. It's not the, it's, it's not like, not, it's definitely not the back to the future hovering over the ground with no wheels. Yeah. That's right. It's not, it's not something anyone can get. Yeah. I have a fun fact about The Martian. So, um, Rudy, you probably already know this, but when Ridley Scott and Drew Goddard took the project on, they decided to get the script read and reviewed by NASA. Okay. And uh, the funniest part is that NASA checked off the almost the entire, all the science behind it, almost everything, except the very first scene which is the inciting incident, which is why Mark Watney gets oh, stranded on Mars. You are a hundred percent right. That's the one. That's the one thing. Um, yeah, we've actually we've seen dust storms on Mars, and um, because the atmosphere is, is a lot thinner than ours, it's a lot less dense. Like the the wind speeds are actually pr- pretty high, but since there's no, no air really to blow around, no atmosphere to blow around. You wouldn't really feel a windstorm. So yeah, that's they definitely took a lot of creative license on that. That's the that's definitely the, the one. The f- um, I think even yeah the the writer Andy Weir said, yeah, <laughs> I kind of made that up. Yes, and that's what is so funny is because obviously that's the reason why he ultimately ends up stranded on Mars. But what I found funny was apparently, I think it was either Drew Goddard or Ridley Scott. They were like. Uh, so NASA, uh, what other suggestions do you have that are more realistic? And they were like, eh, <laughs> insert boring, uh, suggestion. And Ridley Scott and, and Drew were like, uh, okay, we're just going to stick with this fake windstorm that's not scientifically possible and just let it be Hollywood. Yeah. Just sort of an equipment failure. I guess it's, I guess they had some of those later on. Um, so yeah, I guess they just didn't want to start out with, plus they had to get everyone else off the, uh off the island, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, what could you do that would force everybody to take off? Right. Like what? And abandon so one. Go- <laughs> right. Abandon like think he's yeah. dead. Like it is kind of like the perfect, the perfect inciting incident for a film like that. I, I don't know what else could have possibly happened except I don't know. Some wild beast comes running out. Then it becomes a completely different movie. Different film. (laughs) It's it's in the beginning. Just they'll forget about it by the time he's they're doing their. uh, (laughs) No wait, wasn't there a Iron Man chased me down? Yeah, (laughs) isn't that how he ended up there? I will say, quick shout out after we (laughs) after we talked about space um, the last time we're talking about everything, and I've seen The Martian, but I have not read the book. I decided to 
check out the audiobook. Um, so I have started the audio version of The Martian, which the version I have is read by the lovely Will Wheaton, who does a great job with audiobooks. He's a wonderful narrator, and I think he does a fair amount of sci-fi because I've um, heard him read books to me before. And it is so fascinating. I'm sure I would love the actual like written book as well, but so far the audiobook has me hooked 100%. Um, I, if the audiobook is just, you know, just takes the, uh, the book word for word, I think that's, yeah, you got it. Plus you got a good, uh, a reader that, uh, I think, yeah, you got all you need to get. Right. That's all I need. <laughs> okay. So the Martian, we, you think gets it pretty right. How about a movie that gets it not right at all? That gets it totally wrong, but was trying oh, to get it right. I was in college when I saw Armageddon, and I don't remember yes. details. Yes, I forgot yes. to bring up Armageddon. Thank you so much. That I don't remember details, up. but I, I remember laughing with with colleagues of mine because we were all yeah we were all into that uh, um, universe, so to speak. <laughs> this was in yeah this was in Boston. I don't remember details, but I remember laughing a lot at the movie. <laughs> so yeah, I will. There was a lot of there were a lot of liberties take uh, in there, but I couldn't tell you details because that was so long ago. I only saw it the okay. one time. I will say that. Um, have you guys seen Ad Astra with Brad Pitt? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have not seen that, but I've heard it called Bad Astra. <laughs> Ooh, cold. I like it. That's pretty cold. It is cold, but I I also like it. Um, I thought that movie was going to be a different movie than it was. Uh, It took a... uh, It was... It took a turn. (laughs) Maybe not in the best way, but I will say this. I saw it in the theater, and there's something that happens in the movie, and the guy next to me, maybe he works for NASA. I do not know. I'm going to assume he does. And there's something that happens in the movie on i think they're on the moon if i remember correctly and the guy next to me said to his friend that's so wouldn't happen and i loved the conviction how he said it because it felt i i felt like he had some knowledge that obviously i don't have and i love that he was just calling it out and i if we weren't in a movie theater i might have been so inclined to ask him about his profession but he felt like Ad Astra was one no bueno and two not accurate. So maybe it was super obvious. Yeah. Now you got me curious. I think I'm gonna. No, I don't know. Yeah, I'd it's not the worst film you can see, too. but I thought it. I thought it would be better. Yeah, I, I just thought, thought it would, it would be, be better. Better. I feel like it was more of like this like emotional journey. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I was hoping for some like aliens and things like that. Spoiler alert: there's none of that, so no don't aliens. go in thinking. Yeah, I wanted it's, Armageddon. It's light. <laughs> it's not on, and I got Ad Astra. It's light on the Astra. <laughs> it's light on the Astra. <laughs> Heavy on the bad. It's not <laughs> the worst. Okay, so let's say Rudy that you were stuck in space. Which of the following fictional characters? would you want to have with you? A, Yoda. B, Spock. C, Mark Watney. I wrote this before even Kim mentioned Mark Watney. D, 
Alan Ripley, Scorny Weaver, E, Princess Leia, or F, Wally from Pixar's Wally. Oh, wow. Oh, I thought you meant Wally from another movie. <laughs> Wally from something else. Yoda, like- Spock, Mark Watney, Ripley, Princess Leia, or Wally? Uh, man. Okay, so you got Yoda. <laughs> but Yoda can pretty much do anything. But does he <laughs> yeah, not? Oh. Sure. Depend- yeah, but he's older. He's yeah, he's no he's spring not, chicken. He's not gonna like <laughs> die right there. Um, no, I dude. Spock, Spock Yoda's smart. Like, bitch, Spock's you are. Smart, <laughs> Spock is smart. Mark Watney would grow all the potatoes you could ever want. Yeah, stuck in <laughs> space. Not, well, I think stuck in space. The number one objective is get the hell. I want to. I want to get home. <laughs> I don't want to be stuck anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not just like restart the restart the car and just like let's keep going. <laughs> like, I want to go home and never do this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Give it to me again. You got Yoda. You got Spock. Yoda. You got Spock. Spock Mark Watney. Watt. Ripley. Yeah. Princess yeah. Leia and Wally. Um. I don't know how useful Wally is going to be. I did see that, but I can't remember. I feel like, you know, he's kind of got his own agenda. It's programmed agenda. <laughs> like surviving being cleaning stuck up in trash space. and finding love. It's all yeah. our agenda. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but being stuck in space, I don't know. Being stuck on the ground, he handled that pretty well. Um, yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta rule him out pretty right away. Leia Leia, she's gonna get the job done if you got a rebellion going on, but uh, I think we, you know, keeping me alive getting me home that's like see i feel like ah uh, you got watney or you got ripley they've, they've done it before and i feel like spock he's seen it all but uh you know he needs the whole team while uh I feel like Watney and Ripley, they could... See, I'm... I'm way, you, you, you you got me overthinking the hell out of this. And, and, and you're going to get you're the st- long answer. But Hey, look, you're stuck in space. That's legit. Yeah, you it's better... It's worth thinking about. You like, gotta, I got to pick... It's like six, one of one of six buttons, and, and that's who I'm getting. Yeah, Watney and Ripley, they've done it before. Um, the thing is, is that could, could Ripley grow potatoes, and could Watney... Versus, could Watney fight off the alien? I think that's mm. uh, that's really good. What I gotta. So I'm gonna take my chances that I'll need potatoes more than alien fighting skills, and I guess I'll go with <laughs> I'll go with Watney. <laughs> but Ripley's, uh, Ripley's in second cleaning place. Up. He's uh, cleaning up. He's cleaning up on this podcast. Makes sense. Kim, you have a, you have one on here. You would choose. Stuck in space. I gotta be honest with you. I was leaning towards Rudy's second choice, Ellen Ripley. I feel like that woman's badass. You know, she's gonna tell you like it is. You know, I think she'll... If I get infected, she's gonna lock my ass out of that ship. She's gonna be like, we're not infecting this ship, bozo. You're not getting on this ship. If they would have just listened to her ass from the get-go, everything would have been honky-dory. They would have left his uh, infected ass behind, but... You need someone like that who's just like, I'm leaving your ass behind. Sorry, Kim. I came here to save you, but came here to save you. But now you're, you're on infected, your own. and we can't we can't break protocol. And boy, was she right. 
I think I do Yoda. I think I do a Yoda because <laughs> you can't mess with the Force, alien or not, potatoes That's or true. not. That's true. He'll sort it out. Okay, so bad news. I think Rudy. maybe. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I just don't know. I'm trying to think what the Force can really help you with because you need to stay <laughs> a lot. But <laughs> Rudy, that is, is a great be, like, point. Trying to move things. <laughs> right. Move this ship but, back to Earth. <laughs> move my butt uh, solid. from wherever the heck I am back home. That's a pretty solid move. Yeah. That'll probably get the job done right away. End of movie. Yeah. Boring. Yeah. I'd feel really tall all the time. Not... <laughs> That's an added Plus, benefit. Yeah. Okay, so bad news, Rudy. You are stuck in space, but this time you are stuck with Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What what do you do? What do you do next? See, I don't think Jar Jar Binks was a bad, like, he was just annoying, but (laughs) he could could maybe be helpful if he was, I'd give him a chance. He's kind of. I think he'd be a fun time. I think I'm, you need I'm, to go the next level down. Like, you need to, like, get to know him a little bit more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of stuck You kind of stuck there with him. How'd you get there in the first place? You got through there without him, like, and you even, you could be the annoying one out of the bunch. Who knows? Oh. Yeah, who knows? Um, so, yeah, you want to keep an open mind. You know, you're in this together. I um, like that. I like that, too. Uh, Teamwork. Team, teamwork. Team teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> yes. All right. Jar Jar Binks. Uh, that's probably the nicest thing that was ever said about him. Uh, next question. Probably. Okay, so <laughs> if you were to make a movie about space, fiction, either sci-fi or semi-realistic, who would you want to do the score for and do the soundtrack for your space movie? Oh, man. I mean, how do you not go with John Williams? I think so. I think you just go with I, the classics. I, I think you go with classic, too. Or you could just enlist all your favorite musicians. It's your movie. You can do whatever you want. Oh, that's true. John Williams eh. is a good choice. It's the first one that came to mind. I think I'd uh, very minimum want him on speed dial. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know what? Plus, you, you got a movie that's... that. John Williams has agreed to do the score. I don't know how he, how I talked him into this, but I think that, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a great I, choice. I'm going with that. First, the first, it makes uh, your movie immediately your iconic. Yes. First one to your mind. The first, your first instinct is probably your best instinct. And that's, that's the yes. first. And last question. You have found a planet, you, on your own. Okay. Yes. So you're a planet. You did all the hard work. What would you name that planet? I was going to ask, do I get to name it? Yes. Um, you found it. Oh, man. See, the first instinct is to name it after yourself. But do you really want to be that schmuck that names everything <laughs> after yourself? Everybody because, else does it, Rudy. Every, every other scientist does it. it. Yeah. Do they really? Everybody names stuff after other people. It's only the schmucks that name stuff after themselves. You're not wrong, Rudy. You're not wrong. I stand corrected. <laughs> name, 
name name a non schmuck that's named something after himself. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard because one yeah. comes in. It's, one comes to mind right I'm, away. I, I, I can't do it's it without taking a up all the brain search, cells. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I get you got to name it something. Um, you have to name it. <laughs> <laughs> I do have something in my head, but I want to give it like a prefix, like uh, like prefix and then the name. Do it. Okay. I want to go with like, what's my prefix? Because I have the name. Um, let's just go. Okay, this is a really dumb name. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna need a new prefix. But like, Planetasia, a new hope. That's what something like that. Um, oh. But Planetasia is not Plantasia. Plantasia is actually kind of cool. Plantasia is a name of an album. That was recently introduced to Michelle and I mm-hmm. on a previous episode by the lovely Greg Smith. Uh, he let us know that there is an artist called Mort Garson who created an entire album dedicated to plants for playing for the pleasure of your plants. It's an entire album meant to make your plants feel good called Plantasia. Okay, number so one, that's kind of that's kind of cool. I never knew about this. <laughs> yeah. It's actually um, a good album. Highly recommend. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The plants got to like it, and they use it to grow. Yeah, probably should have been listening to this when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be taller. Same. Uh, <laughs> Same. <laughs> I feel like that's a good crossover. Plantasia, the planet, and the album. <laughs> Growing things on your new planet. I thought of A New Hope, found. and I just... <laughs> I that's your Star Wars nod? And... Uh, yeah, um, so I needed a name, colon, A New Hope. I love it. I think that we that hope is what we all need right now. So oh boy. hopefully you've loved the, all these questions. We could ask Rudy questions for hours and hours, but we won't keep him much longer. But we hope that you've loved our Rudy in the NASA hot seat. Yes, bonus episode. Um, while we're here, hey, you did you did you get curious about that Plantasia song? If so, check out the Crush Fictionally Summer 2020 playlist on Spotify, and you will find one of the songs from Plantasia on that album. I'm gonna have to do that. So yes, I will be doing. <laughs> Hopefully, a lot of people doing that. Thanks again so much, Rudy. We've loved chatting with you, putting you in the hot seat. And uh, yeah, you're welcome. It was fun for me, too. That was so fun. Thanks, Rudy. Thanks again, Rudy. All right. Thanks. Um, You're very welcome. And thank you again. In between episodes, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Crush Fictionally. And feel free to slide into those DMs. Or tell us about your favorite fictional crush when you leave us a review on Apple Podcast, and we'll read your crush out loud on the next episode. You've been listening to Crush Fictionally. I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trung. With original music by the talented Edith Mudge. Artwork by the incredible Rose Feddock. And produced by the amazing Peter Burns. Thanks for listening. And remember to love yourself. Because your love is real.